Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Emma Watson. We're broadcasting this morning on 855 AM frequency from stolen lands of Nam in the Kulin Nations, also known as Melbourne, Victoria, where sovereignty has never been ceded. You'll be able to find this show as a podcast on 3cr.org.au and we're affiliated with Friends of the Earth. This episode, I have my Bob Brown Foundation campaigner hat on, so I wanted to take this opportunity to focus in on what's been happening on the Tarkine campaign. So for those of you who, who are hearing the word Tarkine for the first time, or Tarkina, which is the Aboriginal word for the Tarkine, this is an area of about half a million hectares in the northwest of Tasmania. And at the Bob Brown Foundation, we're campaigning to securely protect this area as an extension to the existing Tasmanian World Heritage Area and as a national park, including its return to traditional ownership. Now, there's a number of campaign projects that we run as steps towards these three major goals within the campaign, such as taking hundreds of people out to the region for two major field trips that we run every year. Uh, we do Tarkine in Motion over the Easter long weekend and we do the Bio Blitz in November. This morning, I would like to introduce you to a guest, uh, a consultant who has come on board as our Canberra lobbyist. His name's Dan Cass. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for joining us on Dirt Radio. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Emma. That's a pleasure. Can you explain what your role is? Well, Bob is a fantastic strategist. He's you know, got the vision and the heart and soul of the environment uh, deep in him, but he's also a great political operator. The environment is sorely forgotten often in national debates. So in my case, Bob just called and made the proposal that I work with the Bob Brown Foundation to lobby for the Tarkine. And uh, I took it on straight away. I've, I've done projects with Bob on and off for about 20 years and it's always a great chance to learn from a real master of environmental ethics and strategy. Mm. And we always have a lot of fun and I think we sometimes do some pretty good things. Mm. Awesome. And so you've been going to Canberra at when Parliament sits that's right. That's when everyone is there from across the country, uh, the senators, the members and the government ministers. And it's when the press gallery and the country are most focused on the debates. And mm-hmm. that's really when you want to be putting your issue into the debates when everyone's paying attention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things that you're talking to parliamentarians about is the Trans-Tarkine track. Look, that's right. Before the election... Most of my focus is on the track, and it's a great idea. If people haven't heard about it, basically it's pretty simple. The Tarkine is a truly stunning part of the world. Mm. It's beautiful, it's precious, it's got world heritage values, both 
natural and cultural, and it is under threat, but could be saved. There's so much that's not spoiled, and uh, you know, the sooner we protect it, the better. And we know that ecotourism is a huge part of the Tasmanian economy, and it's you know a showcase of its riches for the world. Mm. So the track is this great idea to put a world-class, long, 10-day, two five-day section track across the Tarkine and uh, bring people to the region to see how important it is and give them an experience they can take back home and perhaps uh, become more interested in that place and in our natural world. Mm. Yeah, so it's a 10-day proposal that could be broken into two five-day experiences. That's right. And look, the foundation has done quite a lot of work with the tourism industry in the northwest of Tasmania and across the state mm. and commissioned some really important research already on exactly how the track could be built. So Martin Hawes, who's a leading designer of these kinds of tracks across Australia, did 70 days of field work and used satellite imagery in an aerial survey mm. to design two five-day sections, which can be done by anyone moderately fit. Uh, without having to have a huge amount of, you know, experience in the wild. It could be done as a 10-day walk or as two five-days. You can get off halfway and, you know, go and have a relax and mm. come back and do the rest another day. Yeah. But the costing would be about $20 million. Right. And it happens that the Tasmanian government is already considering submissions for what it's termed the Next Iconic Walk Program. Mm-hmm. This would provide $20 million for a multi-day, hut-based, iconic walk in Tasmania to bring more tourists to the aisle. Yeah. Perhaps the Tarkine track is the best fit for that. Greg Irons from Bonnarong Wildlife Sanctuary in, um, in Tasmania went with you to Canberra recently. Um, why was that? We've worked well with the tourism operators in the northwest and the tourism industry in Tasmania. There's a huge amount of support from them for the track. So Greg talked to some of his colleagues. Uh, he has a business in the south, a wildlife sanctuary that's fantastic called Bonnarong, mm-hmm. and he also runs uh, uh, track tourism in the Tarkine. And so he, you know, he just talked him and his team talked to some other operators. And before you know, long it was a day or two. We had 15 companies concentrated in the northwest signing a statement calling on the federal government to fund the track and work with the Tasmanian state government who would lead its development. And some very significant figures in tourism agree with them, including Ken Boundy, who was the Managing Director of Tourism Australia, which, as we know, was one of the jobs on uh, the current Prime Minister's resume before he became a politician. And Ken Boundy is absolutely behind the idea of a track, as are other people with that, you know, global and national tourism perspective. You know, they see it as, in his words, a world-class proposal that deserves support. So the Tasmanian operators, I think, are on to a bit of a winner there because it's a great argument. You know, let's bring more people to the state Mm. in a very ecologically sensitive way, create jobs and show off what a beautiful part of the world it is. Yes. How are you making it relevant to parliamentarians federally? Well, what we think is that the track is really a a, a nationally significant piece of tourism development and it's a globally precious uh, piece of the world. So it really deserves some attention and support from 
the federal government. Mm -hmm. It seems to us that a a fair breakdown would be if the Tasmanian government can lead and plan and manage the development of the track, but the feds can tip in some money and there is a federal election coming, so it seems like a very good time to be explaining the benefits this track would have economically and environmentally to the government and to yeah. the opposition and, of course, to the very important crossbench, including the Greens Party. Yeah. yeah so, so what do you think they could, they could actually deliver for the track? What, what's possible well, within the current well, look, political context? Sure. So, uh, look, I think it would be quite possible for a federal government or opposition to promise to commit funds for the track. Mm -hmm. $20 million is really small change for the national budget. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the conversation that we need to keep having from now until the election. And, you know, we don't have any dramatic commitments from either side yet, Mm -hmm. but the track is a great proposal and it's being warmly received on both sides of the political aisle on its merits. Mm. But it's still really crucial that we, A, get to Canberra and pad the corridors and get it before all the politicians in person. But also that there's some support in the community for it. And that's where the listeners can help in a really big way if they uh, have a little bit of time between now and the election to put the issue before their local member or the Senate or the media. Yeah, um, we're expecting that to be called in May next year. Yes, and look, the government's in a bit of a schlamozzle. Anything could happen, but that's the current wisdom. Yeah. And that's long enough, really, to have quite an impact. You know, the environment has not been on the agenda enough mm. in this country. Um, the climate debate's been there, but it's really framed purely in terms of energy, mostly. Mm. And, you know, it's really time to get back to grassroots on this and think about world heritage and the state of the planet that we'll be leaving for yeah. our kids and that we'll be experiencing for ourselves. So I think it could be a long and exciting summer. If anyone out there is interested, get on the talkback radio and write the letters to the paper. And if you can help me with my work in Canberra, get this on the agenda for the politicians, who knows what's possible? Yeah. So how has your response been so far? We're talking to... Uh, all parties, and, you know, the discussions are, are confidential. But, you know, I think any of the politicians that were spoken to or any of the ones that were yet to, to meet would welcome hearing from members of the public. You know, no mm. one has been adverse to the idea, uh, e- e- even members who aren't from Tasmania and who don't know much about, uh, maybe haven't even been bushwalking in Tasmania in their life. Instantly, when they see the photographs of this place, they see that Tarkina, the Tarkine is somewhere very, very special. Yeah. And I think the idea of a track doesn't really put anyone off. It's not a very political thing to talk about. It's not like the Adani coal mine that I think still mm. presses some buttons for certain small segments of the ride. Mm-hmm. I don't really think anyone's against the idea of a track mm. that brings people to appreciate this beautiful and important part of the world. I think it's really just a matter of getting it in... In their heads, getting getting attention to the issue. What do you? What about sort of more protection for the area in terms of it being established as a national park? What that sort of tends to fall within the state government's responsibility. Um, but what do you think the federal parliament can de- deliver as far as protection for the Tarkine? 
Well, the long-term vision really is that it gets added to the Tasmanian World Heritage Area mm -hmm. because it absolutely stands up uh, on, on, on its own merits as a part of the country that should be protected at that level. You know, the World Heritage values, both cultural and natural, are there in abundance. Um, it has endangered species. It's going to become more important with climate change as a you know, a species refuge and a carbon refuge for mm. um, uh, for the state of Tasmania. So it's it's an incredibly important part of the environment and should be protected. Um, and in the end, World Heritage is the highest level of protection that we can give. Mm. And that's something that a federal government should work with a state to make possible. Yeah. And it always relies really on the state premiers and the state governments being on board. Mm -hmm. But a federal government can take a huge leadership role in helping coordinate that and provide funding and take it to the uh, World Heritage process itself. Yeah, yeah. Yes, beautiful. All right, well, great. Thanks, Dan, for joining us on Dirt Radio. Um, that's about all the time we have for, um, for this section. I'm actually going to call in next a person who's been to the Tarkine recently. Her name's Melissa Black, and she's, she was there as an artist and has produced uh, a song called Red Blood Moon and had, a, had an interesting experience in where she was merged with the landscape, having been body painted into the scenery on the coastline and in the forest. So we'll hear from Melissa in a moment. Until then, we'll go to a short community service announcement. Serrated tussock is a noxious weed that is native to South America and has impacted our farmlands and environment across Victoria. Similar in appearance to many native tussock grasses, serrated tussock may go unnoticed in both pastures and native grassland for many years. The Victorian Serrated Tussock Working Party has assisted hundreds of landholders control this noxious weed and they can assist you by offering a wide range of information and management options for controlling this weed of national significance. Please visit www.serratedtussock.com for more information. A 3CR supporter. Melissa, thanks for joining me on Dirt Radio this morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be on the um, show with you. Great. And Melissa, you were down in the Tarkine. The project you've been working on has been called the Eden Project. That's correct, yes. That's correct. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that all begin? Uh, well, look, it, Eden is one of the songs of my album. And I was originally going with another song for the title track, but Eden just stood out to me. It's, it's all about heart, home family, love, compassion. Um, it's my song for my family. So it just seemed natural to call the album Eden. And then because um, we've got such a phenomenal team around us for, for this, it just seemed more natural to call it the Eden Project. So yes, the project has taken two, we've had two years now right. with a year for the album and then now we did the filming and with you know, months and months of planning beforehand, um, we went down to the Tarkine to film two of the tracks, which was Red Blood Moon and Eden. And we were very fortunate to be able to uh, go into these, these uh, just incredible um, places that we were able to go and film in. Um, and we took a small team in. So that was last November. We were so blessed to be able to have 
Dan Brune, you know, collaboration with other artists from the Tarkine Emotion. Mm-hmm. So through Scott and Trudy Bird's connections with Dan Brune and Tarkine Emotion. So we, we were really blessed to have an amazing amount of material um, to collaborate with to make this merging with Tarkiner something out of this world. It's, it's uh, you know, I was completely, completely painted into the environment, not just oh, yeah, there's a bit of splash of paint on me. But I really, truly became the part of the forest and the part of the ocean. You travelled to, to two different places, two um, very special places in the Tarka. And the, the first place mm. was Julius River, wasn't it? That was where your um, your yeah. transformation, I suppose, when you look at the image, it's um, mm. it's it's almost like as if you're really camouflaged into the, um, to the, the base of these beautiful old growth trees. Can you tell us a bit about that experience and what it was like to be um, to be painted into the forest like that? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we arrived in Tasmania. I knew, I knew it was going to be cold. We've been talking about this for months and talking about the fact that I would be, you know, painted nude. And um, we arrived at the Julius River the day before, did a bit of a recce, had a look around, camped overnight, arrived, woke up four o'clock the next morning, um, had the most beautiful tea light ceremony, which you can see the tea light at the very opening of the film. And you can hear the birds, and they were the birds at 5 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. greeting us, still in its dark when we were doing this beautiful ceremony with uh, we women who were involved in uh, the, boy, you know, the main part of the filming. And then our beautiful men who were supporting us as well, they were around the edges um, of this little ceremony watching and partaking from there. So we walked into the forest. It was still quite dark. There was a little bit of light. Now, we were breathing dragon's breath like there's a lot of fog around us at this time and we're all wearing beanies and gloves and coats and Mm. I had my warm trackies on so we made our way up to the tree which took a whole day the day before to choose it was pretty important that we got this this tree just had to be just right Mm -hmm. um so there I am and there's a tower a lovely tablecloth spread out for me to disrobe on and that's when I was thinking wow okay I'm doing this now it was freezing where you know not not far off zero um degrees everyone else was you know really well rugged up but the three and a half hours that it took right did it stop motion I mean that's an incredible amount of time I had one break a tea break when the boys bought a cup of tea (laughs) which was really welcome um but it was, a, it was a phenomenal experience. I mean, I had my eyes shut for the whole time and feeling, uh, you know, the paint, the brush strokes. I guess your other senses become heightened at that point. Oh, completely, completely. I, I really became immersed in this completely different other world. Um, it was like Middle Earth, you know, I, the, the sounds I was hearing, um, the soft breath of Orly, her footfall, the the soft talks and the synergy going on between Wendy, McDougall, Trudy Bird and Orly Thayer as they were working together between painting me and filming me and photographing um, was there, just adding another layer to, to this incredible world that I was immersed in for a few hours. And then on uh, opening my eyes um, and stepping out from the tree, oh, wow, I had become... <laughs> a tree fairy, a forest warrior, and I really felt so powerful uh, as I was walking through that forest. We walked, we filmed, um, I, I nestled in around other trees and was totally disappearing. It was, wow, yeah. so, uh, like, 
tried. You know, I'm still so excited when I talk about it. The hush in that forest. The hush. I mean, I'd never been there before. And when I entered that forest, what really struck me was how soft everything was and how, mm. like, there was this great hush that sucked you in. And I had, like, hardly a stitch on and I got not, not a scratch, not a bite. I had insects land on me and then buzz off on their little way. Um, so it was really a... Oh, it was it was a, a phenomenal experience. experience was, is what it sounds like. Oh, it was. Yeah. Like I was I was traipsing through this forest, right? And I was lying on beautiful old trees. You know, when everything falls, like I, I mean, I, I've probably been there. When everything falls, it just decays. So everything is soft, soft, soft. So yeah, I was stepping in splush, and I was lying on the really soft moss. And yeah, yeah, and we've oh, um, wow. we've actually got a, a photo of um of this scene, the complete one of the the complete scene. So you're completely body painted and sitting on a yeah. um, a log with moss draping over your shoulders and um, camouflaged into the tree in the scene behind you. Um, and that's mm. um going to be exhibited at an upcoming exhibition on Friday, the fourteenth of December, at the yeah. um at the Australian Catholic University Gallery, which is at twenty six Brunswick Street. It's the Tarkine Art Salon, which uh, will be opened on Friday the 14th at 6.30pm. Um, so, And there's another Definitely. image in that exhibition, um, and that was at a place called The Edge of the World. Yes, The Edge of the World. Oh, my gosh, and it really was The Edge of the World. It does it look some... like that. I've been there myself. It's just got a lot of old, old sort of logs that have been washed up through. I guess they've gone, travelled down the rivers and then entered into the ocean and then been pushed back into the onto the coastline. But it's it's a wild place, isn't it? Oh, a completely wild place. And really struck me because it struck me was because we'd spent the um, – we spent the day, the days, um, deeply immersed in the forest. Then suddenly we were out. Oh my, oh my gosh! I was warm for that shoot. That was really <laughs> incredible. It was, uh, you know, the bluest sky. We were blessed with the most incredible weather. Um, bluest sky. But as I was standing, I had my eyes open, of course, because it was my back being painted. And as I'm watching, you know, I'm watching these incredible. These huge logs, they look like matchsticks, but they were enormous logs that have been spent decades rolling around the ocean before they landed on the coast. And the most incredible bull kelp that was swirling around in the water and the rocks and, oh, crashing waves. Look, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a coast girl. I love the coast. I love the forest too. And very much attuned with the, with the coast. And as I was standing there watching it, it was like so incredible. Mm. Um, and the merge yeah. of the photo um, of that one that I've seen is is it's picture perfect, really. Like you are <laughs> really blended into the coastline. And oh, look! It was when as all he was painting. Obviously, those those breakers were rolling in, and that's why they're on my shoulders. Now, when when both Wendy and Ollie were taking those final photographs. They had to wait until those breakers had lined up again. Obviously, you get your you get your sets rolling in, and they had to wait until one you know they rolled in just at the right time. So there was an incredible amount of work after that as well. And we decided, look, we're not into airbrushing or anything like that. This is all about empowering women, empowering ourselves. And what you see with me and the the environment where we were is what you got. I guess a couple of people have said to me, wow, that that looks like it's superimposed. And I said, you know, the incredible thing about it is that it wasn't. Mm. Um, that was just an incredible piece of artwork on my back. And 
where I was really camouflaged in the forest, this was an amazing piece, really. I was disappearing into that landscape so completely. Mm. Um, it's very yeah, symbolic. Yeah, I mean, both artworks. It's yeah. very symbolic. When I look at images like that, I just think, well, Yes, you know, we are one, we are part of nature, it is an extension of ourselves, it is the thing that connects us to our ancestry our, and all the other things on the planet, like we are part of that and therefore we really need to honour and um, and uh, cherish that. I think that when I see images like that, it really just brings that, that message, that, that's the symbolism and that message home to me and um, I think it's, it's an amazing project you've worked on and um, some beautiful, uh, strong images that we'll have in the uh, Australian Catholic University Gallery uh, next Friday, um, really looking Looking forward to um, seeing how that exhibition um, comes together. Um, oh yes, look, and I just encourage everyone to go and have a look. The incredibly art, incredible artistry that that is in, exhibited with all the artists down there, and um, you know, have a look at the artwork from our project as well. The album is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear all five tracks if you go to melissablack.com.au. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you go if you go to the web page, you'll be able to get a, a whole lot of information that will give you a little bit of a teaser for a series of live shows that we're planning at the moment for next year, incorporating Fantastic. the music and the artwork and the stories behind why we were there and what we do, why we did what we did. Wow, excellent. Wow. So watch this space and uh, uh, I'll put that link to your website up on the Dirt Radio uh, website. I'll even put the links to the videos that um, you're referring to as oh, well. fabulous. Yeah. Yes, fabulous. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. Oh, no, it's a pleasure pleasure to share um, such amazing work that you've been, that you've been doing.